god, what is this that's going on? Is that theme music? Holy shit, guys. We got some theme music here. I'm going to start off by thanking Michael Vamiadakis. Ran into him on the internet. He was looking to do some music. He did some music for us. It's pretty awesome. More information about him at the end. But one of the suggestions that we've had was to have a bit of a recap at the beginning. So last time, the group got into a bunch of legwork. They got into the hotel, and they made a plan to figure out what's going on. Today, we're going to go, and we're going to find out a little bit more about the hotel and the resort. And we're going to find out what their actual plan is going to be. So here we go. You guys are waking up early the next morning and are going to go about doing a little legwork and stuff. We talked a little bit during the in-between session about the stuff that you guys wanted to accomplish and a little bit about how we're going to accomplish it. So let's just run down the list real quick and we'll see where that takes us. We'll start with Richard, who I believe was going to go hang out with Scrapper and do some work on the van because his plan at probably involves a high-speed getaway, and that van is not conducive to a high-speed getaway at the moment. From what I understand, Boss would probably be going with him, because she also needs to talk to Scrapper, right? Yeah, and you want to do a little bit of shopping, so we'll do that real quick. Mm -hmm. What time do you guys get up in the morning? Is this like a 7 o'clock thing? Is this like a later in the day, get the continental breakfast type thing? I like to think that because of our night-loving friend here, we probably keep getting up a little bit later all the time. Yeah, I think the same thing, actually. Like, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, kind of like, you know, starting to move. Wait until you get into that not having to hold a 9 to 5 job thing. I'm sorry, 9 to 9 job thing. Mm. It's going to be great. We probably pull up around like, you know, 11.30ish, rough guess. Okay. I'm thinking Boss probably like kind of sent a message ahead to Scrapper that she's going to need some stuff from him. Did she send the shopping list or just, I'm going to need stuff? I'm just trying to think of sending a shopping list over text would be like kind of a bad idea. How often nowadays do you send lists of things that you need to other people to bring you by text? Yeah, but they're usually legal. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. She'd probably just say stuff, and if he asked what, then she might tell him, but like, I think he knows better kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, he will be prepared to receive you guys. Approaching the little shack, you will see him kind of moving around in there. It looks like he's doing some cooking. Dude's always cooking. Yeah, Boss heads in. She's got her duffel bag with her, but it's like limp and empty. And I'll be tagging along behind. So he'll turn around to see you guys come in, recognize it as you guys, and give you a little nod and turn back to his cooking. It looks as though he's got something going on in a frying pan. Boss just flumped her empty duffel bag onto the counter and just says... Hey, Scrapper, how's it going? Making some lunch. Tell me it's chilly again. He shakes his head, but points to a like a refrigerator. Got some left. Boss definitely avails herself of the available foods in the refrigerator. There's some chili. There's a, several other packages in there that are all kind of labeled. As you're kind of moving around, you'll see that he's making like troll-sized grilled cheese. And you can see the package is for, like, actual real cheese, not soy cheese. Fancy. Really living it up, huh, Scrapper? And she just grabs some, some chili from the fridge and just starts eating out of the container. She's not exactly goose. You're not even going to heat it up? No, no. What a monster. You're not going to heat that up? 
look, I spent six years of my life in the Arctic. I can handle a little chilly food. This is warm compared to a lot of the stuff I've eaten. I mean, it's not literal. Just because it's called chilly doesn't mean you have to eat it cold. Anyway, uh, I was hoping I could do some uh, work on my van here. I don't need much. Use of your tools. Maybe some scrap you have left over. He'll raise an eyebrow and ask if you have a list. Yeah, I believe so. Um, basically, it's a piece of metal, a little bit of paint if you got it. I got a little bit of an idea. I mean, you know, if we're going to do this thing, we should do it with a little style. And he'll nod as he sits down to eat his grilled cheeses. Right, if anything uh, that you miss gets involved in this job, you know, hey, I'll pay you back. But, yeah, we're going to do the thing. I want to make sure we do it right. I'll help you find it. All right. I'll get to work. And he'll uh, look over to boss. You mentioned shopping. Yeah. I'm going to need uh, some smoke grenades, thermal grenades, gas grenades, that kind of thing. Flashbangs. He will raise an eyebrow, but nod as you go through the list. And a stun prod. He'll nod. Just like to be prepared. I figure if I don't use them, they'll come in handy later. You can see his eyes get that look that you're off in AR doing something. And then 10 seconds later, he comes back. I'll have it delivered later tonight. Perfect. She takes a cut stick out, slides it over, or whatever it is you do with cut stick, <laughs> exchange money. There will be an exchange of currency when the product has arrived. All right. That works. Well, quick 80s style fixing up montage on the van. Does Boss get involved in helping to fix the van? I think she hangs out. She doesn't really have any skill with cars, but she'll sure. she'll like grab tools and stuff. But mostly she's just chatting. The hellhounds will come up and be dogs. Get a head rub. Yeah, it'll be fun, friendly. So, Richard, you're going to go out into the junkyard. You guys are going to be at it for a couple of hours. After a while, he'll, you know, let's, let's take a break and walk you back through the junkyard a little bit. And he will come upon a, well, you're from the cast. You recognize a still when you see one. And this is a still made out of car parts. Where do I see this? He kind of takes you back deeper into the junkyard. Ah, well, Scrapper, this season makes a little bit of sense. I can appreciate some handiwork here. How well bed is this thing? If you want to roll something to understand backwoods tomfoolery. Hardware? Hardware or industrial engineering, because it's a lot of, like, pipes and things. Sure, let's roll industrial engineering. That's cool. While you're doing that, Boss gets a text message, and she's like, she's looking at her phone. And she looks over at Scrapper and says, hey, is it too late to add something to the list? He'll come over to you with a larger-than-average-sized mason jar full of moonshine. <laughs> Offer it off to you. He's got a troll-sized jar. She takes it, kind of sniffs at it and shrugs and takes a swig. And uh, makes a little bit of a face, but seems to be fine. She says, uh... Uh, my friend needs a Ruger Super Warhawk. He'll nod. I figured better off get it from you than from the uh, local firearms dealers. Do I hear this? Am I there? About the gun? Yeah. Yeah. You guys are all in a little area that back by his little still. Why do you keep using these just antiquated revolvers? I mean, what, you know, what's next? We're going to have like a hoop and stick to play with? You want to find out what it's like to get shot by one? You can find out. Okay. Sigh. Boss grins, shows off her tusk a little bit. They're old, they're familiar. I used to do a lot of trick shooting. That was that was my thing before I went up north. Trick shooting doesn't work so well with a 
with a handgun of a more modern <laughs> Yeah, because it's not trick shooting. It's just shooting. Uh, more <laughs> or less. Ah, whatever. Have fun with it. Scrapper seems rather interested when you start mentioning about the trick shooting, and he goes off to the uh, the side and finds some small metal things, sets them up on a bumper of a ruined car, mm-hmm. and kind of gives you the, you know, show me what you're made of. Okay. How do you want to do this exactly? Just want me to just roll some, some firearms dice? and Yeah, if you want to just roll just like a shooty dice thing, we can okay. we can go on that. If you want to voluntarily take a amount of penalties to like call your shot, I would be happy to let you do that. Okay. Meanwhile, Richard, taking a look at his little still setup that he's got here. It's pretty serviceable. Most of the stuff is made from car parts. Like, he'll take a an exhaust pipe and use that to run the uh, the steam down before it's cooled and all of that other stuff that I learned from that show on the History Channel about moonshining. That's all pretty cool. If I wasn't so busy today, I would definitely uh, you know offer to partake, but uh, I'll catch up with you later on that one. And I'm going to head back to my van and... Uh, and get to work, wielding paint and uh, hammering the bolting. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and, and take that negative eight. All right. Are you happy with two levels of success? Considering I took minus eight on the shot, yeah, I think I'm okay with that. Okay. Boss sort of like chuckles to herself as Scrapper is setting these things up for her. And uh, she saunters over and brushes her coat away from her, her holsters. And she's got her two fancy engraved revolvers in the holsters at her hips. She pauses and sort of sizes up the piece of metal that he set up. And uh, when she draws, it's like surprisingly fast. Like even if it wasn't like a trick shot itself, just watching her pop both of these guns out of her holsters is like a split second, like flash. Takes like two shots in succession. The first one hits a sort of bent tin can and there's like a ping and it pops up into the air. And the second shot, just like a fraction of a second later, cracks through it above the car and sends it flying. She kind of like arches a brow as she watches it go. And she looks at her guns and she holsters them and she says, a little rusty. He will give an appreciative nod. And, you know, I don't know, do you cheers with moonshine? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He will totally celebrate with some more moonshine. She grins and she cheers and takes a swig and she says, I haven't had someone actually appreciate this for a, for a while. It's not a skill set in a lot of high demand. Let's put it that way. You'd be surprised how high demand it can be. I think I'm I'm starting to get the picture, yeah. And we'll fade out on that for popping back over to the resort while they're off on their montage. You guys are having a little bit of your own montages inside the resort. I believe Mary Sue was haranguing and harassing the staff. I think she would be a little more polite, not harassing people. You were picking on a couple of different people. You mentioned like a valet and a something else. Facilities uh, guy. There's always the guy that has to set up for the banquets and the events. There's that guy that has to put the chairs out and the tables. And I assume for an auction, chairs and tables need to be set up. This would be correct. How are you pulling the information out of these people? What skill would you like to use? I would probably like to use con fast talk. Okay. We can lie to these people to get the information out of them. Seven successes. That's a lot of successes. You got a giant pile of net successes on me with my one to to not give up the goods. Is there specific information you want to get? From the facilities guy, I think I would start with the general, like, what's going on in here? Like, anything happening here? 
And then when he, if he were to discuss, yes, there's some big auction, then I would want to know how many people, how does it work? Just pretending to be completely dumb about all of it. And just, I need him to just educate me about this thing that is happening. All right. So he will tell you a lot of the stuff you already know, because that's his job is to tell you about the event and you guys fall run across that. So we'll fast forward through that. He's going to give you a layout of the room. The big room is going to be the auction site. The middle is going to be full of chairs. Around the edge is going to be tables and those nice little velvet rope things. Because while they're going to have the items on auction available to be seen, for the most part, they're not going to want you touching them. So they'll be on display, just you'll be far enough back that you cannot touch them or interact with the items. Yes. Okay. There will also be, because I'm sure part of your follow-up is... How can you see them? That kind of thing. Or some other line of questioning that results in him telling you that there will be a little bit of event security here to keep people from touching things. As for people attending, he has been told to set up 75 chairs. However, he's worked a couple of these things. and It's never consistent. He's never been involved inside only for the setup and breakdown because they keep it a little bit more private from the actual resort staff. How many people can this room hold in total? Let's go with 250. Okay, so 250 it can hold, but he's only been told to set up 75 chairs. That leaves plenty of room on the perimeter for tables, and all the items will be in the room at the same time with all the people. Or are they set up prior to the people showing up? How like how does that work? Does all the stuff get set up and security sits in there, and then at a certain time they let people in? Just to rehash, because we went over it uh, a couple of weeks ago at this point, an hour before the auction actually starts, people are allowed in to kind of look at things. An hour before it starts, you can look at it, but are the items in there an hour before that? He doesn't know when they are set up because he's not involved in the actual part. He assumes that they are because he doesn't. He is unaware of anybody coming in and taking stuff out because he's the utilities personnel. So if they need to use like hand carts or trucks or any of that kind of stuff, he goes and gets them and then they push stuff around and that kind of thing. You can see a couple of these spread around the room that have stacks of folding chairs and tables and other stuff on them. So after the setup, nobody comes and bothers him for the dollies and trolleys and stuff. So presumably they stay in here, but are set up by function security. Okay. One more question for him. Okay. Function security, is that resort security or is that outside security coming in? Everything outside, like the actual thing, is resort security. All of the actual internal security for the event is through Crystal Lowe and their group to handle all the items. He says he's been told it's because they are antiques and delicate, and due to insurance reasons, it can only be event personnel handling it, because if somebody for the resort handles it and it breaks, it's a giant headache. But then he'll, like, get real close and, like, look around as though he's telling you, like, I think they sell illegal things. And then kind of leans back and shakes his head, eyes real wide, like, "Mm mm-hmm. Oh, she'll look just as shocked, like, scandalous. All right, I can't think of anything else to ask him. Okay, do you want to get anything out of the valet? Because I do owe you... Yes, I would like to know, I mean, I just kind of want to, I'm going to talk to him just about just regular light information. But I want to get an idea of where they keep the keys for all the vehicles. And every vehicle that comes in, the keys are kept by the valet. So during valet operational hours, which is, let's say, 8 to 9 o'clock at night, they are kept out at the valet station. 
in a uh, locked thing. What kind of lock is it? Looks like a mag like lock. a mag lock? Yeah, it's okay. a mag lock. During non-operational hours, like when the valet isn't working, the entire thing is taken inside. It, like The keys are in a mag-locked safe that is then locked to a fixture on the wall, and it is just unlocked from the wall, taken inside, set up inside, and then handled from there. Okay. The time of the auction happens during regular valet operational hours, correct? Correct. So the valet box will be outside at the valet station? Yes. Okay. While you are out there at the valet, this is a little bit later in the day, so while you're out there at the valet, it's like, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock or so, there will be a vehicle that pulls up. Out will step a very large troll, and he will look around very intently, kind of slowly scoping the place out, and then he will have the back door open while you're having your conversation with the valet, and out will step a, for simplicity, because I don't know what Russians look like, out will step a Russian-looking man, and he will walk with the troll up into the building, and the troll more or less shoulder-checks the poor valet guy as he hands him the keys, almost knocking him to the ground, and does not give him a second look as he enters into the building. The good news is, is while you've been montaging today, basically, Valerie has been taking the opportunity to look into the resort system. So she's in and out. You guys have access to electronics in your hotel room. It is very easy to slap a data tap onto one of those and then get illegal marks on the host from that. So she can be in there and just hop into the front door camera as you guys are having that conversation. Okay. Valerie, can you roll me a memory test real quick? So with six hits on your memory test, we flash back to a time in the prologue when you were sitting in a doctor's office where there was a big troll that looked very scary and heavily cybered out, and his name, as given by the receptionist when they called him back, was Mr. Wall. Unless he has a twin, that's him. Huh! Valerie makes a mental note of that as she is uh, getting a picture of the Russian dude and doing an over-the-horizon image search. Alright, let's let's see those rolls. With using my browse feature, I'm just going to do the uh, the 30-minute search, which should only take 15 minutes. Sure. So with five hits on your search, you find the name of Vadim Vasilev. All of the things that you seem to be finding in the Googling is that he is involved in the Russian mafia, the Vori. So you will find a lot of instances of Vadim having the charges against him in various almost trials of just being dropped. And then a couple of different instances where he is doing well for his community. Seen doing a couple of minor political things. Okay. Do you want to give me another one of those and we'll see what kind of information you've gained from Googling around and messing with the cameras of of the host? Sure. Uh, One quick note. I will DNI back to Mary Sue and it will just be one word and it'll say Vori. Does Mary Sue would know what that word means? Probably not. I mean, I do have current events. If there's been anything in the news about Vori anything, maybe. Okay, that'll work. So six hits on messing with the cameras. What would you like to know? I don't know if she would have a picture out on their auctioneer's webpage, but I would like to try to visually locate Crystal Lowe. Okay, that's easily done. Through looking around and fiddling with things, you will even find her hotel room. Okie doke. Next thing, basically, I kind of want to track her for a little bit and kind of see what she's doing. And if she starts interacting with anybody that looks like it might be her security team, 
kind of trying to get a head count. Sure. You will see her doing a couple of normal resort stay things. She'll go ahead to the fitness center, spend a you know an hour there in the morning. She'll then go down to the restaurant, have some lunch. You don't see her finding having breakfast outside of her hotel room, but after lunch, she talks with a couple of different people. Some of them are very clearly identified as resort folks, and then a couple of people are in bad suits and glasses. They seem to be the security. At the moment, it looks like 10 to 12 of them throughout. You see guy in bad suits, so you start looking through some of the other camera feeds, so you see more guys in bad suits, and that seems to be your your general head count. Okie doke. The only other thing that I would really look for through the cameras would be, are there any rooms that, like, it seems like hotel staff are specifically avoiding? Maybe give some place for Michael or one of the others to kind of check out if I can't get access to it? Sure. Thus far, you haven't seen anybody go into her room. You've seen other housekeeping hit other rooms around her room. But nobody has actually gone into her room. Okie doke. I think that's all that I have, unless anybody thinks I have a gross, glaring oversight. No, we can we can pocket some of those things, because i got a little bit of information that will come up later for you as well. Cool. Michael. Yeah. You went around looking at stuff through magical, spooky eyes. Anywhere in particular? Uh, well, I would like to go to the uh, back of the house, as it were. Looking at the back roads, the ones that aren't frequently traveled by, you know, regular customers, where the staff goes, how the kitchen staff runs, the housekeeping staff, laundry areas, looking for alternate ways to get out and trying to keep my eye on, you know, what's going on around us. Sure. Are you actually projecting and looking around or are you just kind of sneaking? Um, I'll just do the uh, the improved invisibility okay. and then uh, sneaking through. Go ahead and roll your dice for your spell and then for your sneaking. Well, the good news is is you have your spell up and in place. And as you leave your room, did you go invisible in front of Valerie? Yes, I would have because okay. it's, it'd be in the room. Sure. Valerie, as you see Michael there, I'm going to assume he's letting you know that he's he'll be right back or something along those lines. You will notice a glowy thing, and then a glowy thing will will linger on Michael, and then it'll kind of smudge in the area as he exits the room. Okay. Kind of, can I, sort of, knowing Michael's past history, I'm presuming, I feel like Valerie would, like, know that he's going invisible and would kind of, like, follow him towards the door. Okay. So that way, like, when the door opens and nobody exits, she can kind of pretend like she was looking out in the hallway and then close the door. Sure. So it doesn't seem weird. So one of the things that is going to seem weird to you is that, like, you'll see Michael turn and start going down the one hallway. And then, you know, and you're looking around, you'll look back the other way. And there's this strange form that is just kind of floating along that you see and is going in the same direction Michael is headed. Valerie is going, like, hesitate and watch it. Like, uh, what time of day is it? It's midday, isn't it? Ish. This glowy, floaty thing will come down the, the hallway. It doesn't seem to be in any kind of speedy pace, but it'll stop in front of you. And while it doesn't really have a face, it will turn, and you get the feeling that it's looking at you very intently. 
I will step back in the room and close the door and really, really hope somebody told Michael to put his comlink on vibrate or whatever and message him and just basically say, there's a weird glowy thing following you. Did Michael put his comlink on vibrate or is it going to ring down the hallway? It would have been on vibrate. He would have gotten briefed by everybody about, okay, what should I be looking for and expecting with this? And the overly paranoid RC would probably ensure it. Take it from you and turn it to vibrate. At hearing this, I will turn and sense the area. All right. You want to go ahead and roll your sensing. All right. So with three hits on your sensing, you know that this subject is has lower magic than you? This seems to be a spirit. Seems to be a spirit of air, to be specific. And it is just kind of milling about here. It stops when it sees you noticing it. And it just kind of hangs there for a second. Okay, so I understand that it clearly sees me. You get the impression that it sees you and is, while not angry, is not pleased. And is there any way for me to know where it had come from? Seeing it in the astral, you can see its astral signature. If you spot somebody else and you get enough hits on your ascensing test, and you can be like, oh, this this spirit is that guy's. So it's something I could see later on if it comes up. If in the next couple of days you happen to ascend somebody and they have the same signature as the spirit, it's, you know, whose it was. All right. In that case, I will, first area I will go to would probably be the lobby area. Have a seat somewhere in the lobby. See if it follows me. It does. So it's keeping an eye on me. Mm -hmm. Do you give the impression that you want to talk to it any time during it? Because astral conversation is weird. Yeah, Mike. I mean, my curiosity would be piqued at it, to say the least. Sure. So when you come to a a rest, it will begin to materialize in the chair opposite you. Awesome. It'll sit there. It'll, It'll wait for you. So your purpose? That is a good question. I don't know how technical these things are. I'm a scientist. I, you know, I don't deal much with spirits. So as part of your parazoology knowledge kind of stuff and being a mage and all that other stuff, you do know that unless in rare cases, spirits are summoned forth to this plane to do stuff for their summoner. So unless this is like a random free spirit that has chosen to live here, that is probably what you're dealing with. I'm trying to find out what it was summoned here to do. You're going to hear... With the sound of a a lover's whisper in your ear, it'll tell you that it is here to look out for people practicing magic. It's here to look out for, are are you supposed to report back that you found somebody practicing magic? I feel it scrutinizing you because, you know, you're not its summoner, so it doesn't have to answer your questions. But at the same time, there's a little bit of a mutual curiosity here. Yeah, I mean, I'm purely curious. I haven't run into one of your kind before. I'm... Curious to learn how you feel about being here on this plane of existence. I want you to roll me something, and then I will drop details on what this spirit is willing to converse with you about. I'll let you pick and choose how you want to do that. All right. What kind of skill would you like to use to try and get information? Well, looking at what I do have available, I would say magical traditions and the traditions of the spirits interacting with the physical world. Yeah, no, let's have a roll. So with five hits on your converse with this spirit, what would you, what things would you like to learn in this conversation? What kind of information it's going to pass on to its user 
or who summoned it. I'm not going to ask directly who its summoner is. I don't think they can actually tell me. They're not obviously not involved uh, with that. They could probably tell you as long as it didn't interfere with their previous stuff. But it will be happy to tell you is it's supposed to be on the lookout for people practicing magic outside of their room. Let the master know to give them the information on it, but he's only supposed to do something beyond follow if you go into certain areas, And but he won't tell you what those areas are. Okay, so he currently won't let me know what areas I'm supposed to stay away from. Yeah, because um, you are... How long is his contract, is his if you will? Yeah, how long is his service on this plane? He gives very wishy-washy answers, but... You know that he is a bound spirit because all of those answers are in longer than sunrise or sunset timelines. All right. So with him being a bound one, that means he's he'll be there as long as he's needed there and he can, can repetitively get summoned. Of the actions that he is meant to take when somebody enters an area that he deems off limits by his orders, um, are his actions to be protective in nature, violent in nature, or just like directly report back, hey, you got an intruder here, if you know what I mean? He is to defend the areas he is to defend. All right. All right. All right. I can't think of any other real questions that I have for this guy. I'll make some general conversation with him just to learn more sure. about the whole concept and maybe share some other information with him, kind of a mutual thing. I know you can't get on a spirit's good side per se, but, you know, that's not stopping Mike. They do have some emotional capabilities and that kind of stuff. You can get on his air quotes good side, but at the end of the day, you are talking to less a person, more an elemental force of being. So. Yeah. Oh, other question then. Are there other elementals on the grounds or anyone else practicing magic on the grounds that he has noticed? He informs you that you are the first to draw his attention. However, he is sure that when this many mortals will be gathering together, there will be others. Excellent. With that, I will, uh, you know, pass on. I'll just go around all the, the common rooms. I'm going to stay away from the lobby and away from that person's room. He will follow you materialized, as I presume you have a bit of a conversation with him the, during that time. Yeah. Which is going to look really weird to Valerie as she sees you talking to more or less nothing. And if nobody else has anything to do in the montage, we're going to fast forward a couple of hours. Uh, apart from Boss having to go to like a firearms shop, but we can kind of pass that. Scrapper can have whatever things you need delivered. Okay. Well, as long as it's nothing crazy off that shopping list that we talked about earlier. Nope. All right, so we'll fast forward until about 6, 6.30 at the night. Mary Sue spends a bunch of time texting Valentine. Valerie does some more camera digging. And you'll notice a couple of other people start showing up. Some of them are carrying small boxes, some of them some medium-sized boxes. A couple of people in you know nice Italian suits, a, a handful of Japanese people show up at the same time. It seems like things are starting to kick off, and you have a decent idea of how many people seem to have arrived. It seems to be about 40 to 50 so far. The other interesting thing you're going to pick up from, you will follow Miss Lowe to a room on the first floor. It's more of like a, an office, and from time to time, one of these people that you've seen arrive carrying something is going to walk into that room with that box, and you can't find a camera that is inside that room that is on. You will also always notice that there is at least one of her security goons 
outside or immediately nearby. And then the guy doesn't come out with the box. I will uh, send a quick message, a DNI to everybody that says, I think I know where they're keeping some of the stuff. Uh, when we get all back together, I'll, I'll explain. And just to finish off the montage, you guys at Scrappers will have a drone deliver some stuff. Scrapper will take your money for it and kind of hand it over to you. Richard, do you want to give us a brief description of the new and improved van? Yes, I sure would. So our new and improved van has a bit of armor. It's rather uh, subtle, as well as a uh, somewhat hidden and uh, accessible uh, AK-97 that can be remotely activated. It also has some uh, drone landing spots. Should uh, some medium drones have to land on it while it is in route? And it also has, you know, because it's very important to do this with style, a horn that plays Dixie, the uh, the new and improved CAS flag on the roof, and a uh, little bumper sticker, a little CAS bumper sticker on the back. Tacky as hell. I love it. Exactly. Another question as you guys come back up to the resort is how drunk are you since Scrapper has been sharing his moonshine with you and been more than willing to give you a little a little bit to bring back? I think Boss is, she knows she's kind of on the job. I don't think she would go nuts. She's probably like a little buzz. Nothing that'll stick around by the time they get going. Yeah, Arshay's doing industrial work with a welder, like a spray paint gun or something. And so, yeah, that's not not, not a great idea. You guys are all my fun. <laughs> well, we'll save that for after it's done. After, you know, before we do our first criminal enterprise, it's probably best to not get totally trashed. RC drinks a bunch of moonshine, promptly ignites into flames. LOL get, getaway driver. So. Also, Boss, when they get back to the, the hotel, has to give Michael a present. Uh, one thing, I want to ask Scrapper at some point in this uh, mm-hmm. if he has access to someone who can maybe get us a moving van or a cargo truck or something along those lines. How big of a truck do you want? I'm thinking like, you know, big-ass U-Haul vans, you know? Sure. Like not, not quite a disconnected trailer. Right, you know? still one piece, not a yeah, not an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, he can he can make that happen. Okay, just have it available, and we'll call. Maybe if it's a reasonable rent, we'll have it here ready to go. Kind of depends on what we find out. Sure. Quick question, Valerie, what did you have for lunch today? Or should I say who? I had I had what Doctor Good gave me. Okay. You will while it is still delicious. You will note that it being cold is uh displeasing. Not great. I'd say it's like cold pizza, but I'm apparently the only person in the world that hates cold pizza. I don't like cold pizza. I love cold pizza. I don't understand you people. Compare cold pizza to hot pizza. No, right? So yeah, no. Cold blood, not nearly as delicious as, you know, people temperature blood. Fresh out the tap? Yeah. My, what did I call it? My hemo son? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, you guys are all back together and are free to discuss about the various things that you have learned. So Mary still give them the rundown of what she learned from the facilities guy. And 250 people can be held in the room. He said to set up for 75. There's going to be security inside. I would assume security means armed. An hour before it starts, they'll be viewing. So it should be set up before that. So I don't know how much time, though. The keys for all the cars as the people come in are going to be outside at the valet station. It is locked in a box with a mag lock. I don't know if Val can do something to lock that to maybe limit the amount of people that can come after us if their keys are locked up. I don't know. Up to you guys. And she, Mary Sue, goes, takes a seat and back on her comm.
back in our car, I'm like talking to the boyfriend. Is that what's yeah. happening? Yeah. Oh my God, we have a job to do. Jeez. You guys do like, all the playing. You guys don't listen to me anyway. You're like a teenager. Exactly. Take your phone she, away. She oh, a that, that's a lot of great work. No, I'm not. But check out this awesome van. I'm going to show off all the work that has uh, been accomplished. Like a proud papa with photos. He's just showing us picture after picture, and we're just rolling our eyes because we don't care. <laughs> do, do y'all really not care about the van? Are you really completely unaffected about school? I'm, I'm happy you're happy, but I don't really care about the van. It's probably very just stylistically gauche. <laughs> do, do, do Mike is curious in it, so don't worry, RC. Did you say gauche and Garrett? Yeah. You know, I... I just don't understand why everybody's so somber, you know? But we're all alive. Well, you know, Drew is kind of still out <laughs> on Valor. But hey, as a group, we're like 90% alive. If you give her half credit, we're alive. We're doing the thing. I'm, Let's have some fun. I'm, why is everybody so dour? I'm infected I, by a virus. I'm not dead. I mean, you know, I'm just I'm just sort of like, tomato, tomato. let's just move on. Let's just move on. Fine. Let me tell you guys what I found, okay? So... Crystal Lowe's got a room on the first floor. She kind of putzes around the resort in the mornings and has been nothing but business all afternoon. As people have been arriving, they've been bringing her all kinds of fun, mysterious packages that have been going into said first room. When I counted, there appeared to be about 10 to 12 of her security on the premise. Uh, you can identify them by the terrible suits that they're wearing. No one has been in and out of her room without her being there. So do we think all the auction items are in her room? At least the smaller ones, because it looks like people are bringing them in to be auctioned. They're not just in the possession of the auctioneers. Hmm. The one kind of odd thing is that crate. I was getting any sign of that crate. Not yet. We just have to get any two items. We don't have to get the crate. Right, but yeah. that's one at all. Well, okay, okay. So it's all in the hotel room. What, what's uh, what's the hotel room number? I spew out the hotel room number because I didn't get one. What floor is she on? The first floor is well. It's more of an office that a lot of this has been going on in the boxes and everything. But it's on the first floor on this end of the building, and I give them the room number. There's typically one security guy stationed outside or nearby the room. Do we want to just call it 115? Just, just run with that? Sure. Sure. I guess the question is, do we want to grab this stuff from her room, or do we want to wait until it's moved to the to the main room for viewing? We don't even know what all is in that room at this point. If uh, RC, do you have any of those, do you have any drones that are small enough to, like, make it through the ventilation shafts? Oh, yeah. That sounds like a plan. Are they going to have any kind of, like, I'm guessing they're probably not going to have some kind of like detection stuff in the vents to prevent this very thing from happening. Well, that'd be a very good thing to be checked out by our matrixy person. And there could be a magical defense in place. When I went out, there was a air elemental floating about looking for people who were practicing magic. Ten to one, they're going to be have something around to ID or notify anything else that they would deem suspicious. Something to keep in mind. Is that something that you can handle? We'll find out. Is this room like every other room where you said it was an office? Yeah, it's not like, it's not a standard hotel room. It's like she's commandeered an office on the first floor that was part of the resort's like 
staff, I guess. Maybe it's like a conference room or something. I don't know, but it's just, it's not a standard hotel room. Okay, but she's, she stays in there. There's, there's a bed in there. It's like a hotel room plus an office. This honestly seems like our best shot. The the clientele that they're going to be having aren't the sort to be pushed over by a handful of gunmen. I almost think they'd be more dangerous than the security they've got. So we can't take it while the clients are actually in the room. So, Well, if you can check out any uh, countermeasures, I can send a drone over, see what we can see, see what's there in terms of security, and if we can actually see any of the items being auctioned off. So let me pop in with a point of clarity. It was my intention that she has an actual hotel room on the second floor and that she has commandeered like a business center room on the first floor for conducting the business. Was that uh, not, was that not clear? That was not oh, clear okay. in my understanding. I do apologize. No, you don't have to apologize for my lack of clarity. Yeah, well, let's just rewrite all that and uh, pretend we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> nah, it's fine. That makes more sense. For continued clarity, it's not super late at night. So you guys haven't seen them, and Valerie can kind of peek and check now. They are still outside that room. So does the room have windows? If we can get ourselves in there without alerting anyone, we will just move the stuff out the windows. Yeah, it probably has windows. They would, of course, have to be open from the inside, but, you know, yeah. that's how windows work. Or we have to break them. Or you could break them. Outside, there was sure. one or two guards. Outside her door? Yeah, the uh, the business center. It was, it was one to two at different times of the day. Like, one guy brought over presumably lunch due to the, the time of the day. And then he went all around and did stuff and just left one guy there. But then when there was a guy that was arriving to drop off a thing, there was two guys there. And then they take some shifts and do other security people stuff. So most times, only one. If there's people dropping stuff off, it looks like there's usually at least one other guy there. How are they dressed? Do they have, like, uniforms? Bad business suits. Okay. You know, as if you were people who were usually muscly thugs. But since you're trying to look presentable and professional, they have dressed you up in a suit that you are not used to wearing and probably hate. A layout of the hotel. The room on the first floor, does it have uh, a windows? Does it abut to, like, what? Like an outside street? Or is it, like, you know, what, do you, what do you think? But basically, I'm trying to see if we can, like, throw shot the window into a car or truck and then hightail it. It would be kind of fun to just back the van up against the window and just <laughs> yeah. start loading it up. So, yeah, what's directly outside the window for this place? I mean, it wouldn't be hard to figure that out. We know what room it is. We just look at the outside. Slight shrubberies and landscaping, like there's some nice bushes over there by a bush and bench, but it's more or less not a whole lot of anything to to hide people in, almost as if, you know, people snooping outside windows is bad. Yeah, but is it is it street facing? Is it the parking lot? Oh, it's facing the back area of the resort. Okay. So there's no, like, service road or anything that we could get a, a vehicle down? I mean, you could just go off-road with this baller <laughs> van you got. Yeah, this might draw some attention, but we could certainly do that. I just figure, like, if we're going to have to cart a bunch of stuff out of the building, like, going out into the hallway and then to the lobby and then out to the parking lot, it's probably not a great idea. <laughs> so a window might, window might make a lot of sense. Just crash through the, uh, the building on your vehicle, in your kick-ass van. Only if somebody has a craving. <laughs> so, I see Mary Sue made mention that she has an idea. Oh. Well, yes. Listening to everybody discuss, Marisu will um, offer, I think, 
I have an idea, but I'm sure you guys are just going to shoot it down as usual, but I'm going to say it anyway, regardless. So we know there's going to be one, maybe two guards outside the room. So Val and I, after I make Val look a little more presentable, will distract the two guards while Annika and Michael do whatever they need to do to render them unconscious. RC drives around to the window as we're doing this, and then we all go inside, get the items, go out the window. Quick. Aren't we going to need Val on Overwatch? Well, once we distract the guards and you guys render them unconscious, she can be. I've already taken a lot of footage, and um, I probably have footage of that hallway and can make it look like everything's A-OK and nothing's going on. I mean, I've got looped footage. So she can get it set up, and we'll just tart her up a bit. Tart her up. And she'll just help distract you. What? Look at you. You're very pale. (laughs) (laughs) That was insensitive. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I'm shocked. Okay, maintain. I would like to have a second vehicle driven by someone else, so if we're chased or anything like that, I could run interference in the van. I mean, between me and my my drones and us, we're going to have a lot of cargo, you know? I have my car. Okay. I can do that. Break down in the middle of the road. Yeah. Mary? Yeah? Didn't you just get your car back? Do you really want to risk losing it again? Well, I'm counting on not losing it, Michael. I'm counting on everything going to plan. We've done lots of work preparing. Let's just remain positive. Everything will be fine. Hey, hey, Mike. I don't know how your your voodoo works. Do you think you could make a van disappear? I mean, probably. But once again, like I said, if that air spirit's around, it can easily follow us. Well, it's that's not be- hard for astral to perceive the invisible. I can't make something astrally invisible. No, but if we get far enough away, we can get out of their range and then ditch our pursuers if we have any. Right? I mean, there's got to be like a range on this stuff. Well, it depends on the spirit, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not. It's just an option, I guess. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a good plan, Mary Sue. Maybe we can make that work. By the way, and Box like she's had this duffel bag over her shoulder, and she flumps it onto the, the onto the couch in the room, and it makes a heavy rattling sound. And she pulls out a, a big chrome revolver and flips it over in her hand so she's holding the barrel and holds it out to Michael and she looks at him in the eye and she kind of asks him really seriously so do you know how to use one of these big guy? (laughs) Yeah I'm good with that. Sean would take me shooting before things happened. Boss grins and nods and she doesn't question it she just hands it over and she hands him a spare speed loader so I filled it with gel rounds, but if you need actual ammo, you can switch them. Thanks, boss. No problem. Do we still have booze in the hotel room? Oh, you guys totally have that moonshine. Yeah, we're going to need, Val and I are going to need just a little bit, just a swish in the mouth, just so we seem drunk. Nope. Yup. Nope. Yup. Nope, it made me so. Do you sick. want this? To, do you want this to work? Do you want them to be? You just take my lead, and you just gotta be tarted up. You're fine.
All right, guys, that's, uh, that's more or less the end of today's episode. But before we get into all the legal crap, uh, I just want to throw out another thank you to Michael. Um, I will have his email address that you can reach out to him if you guys were into the music, you want to get him to do some music for your own stuff, any of that kind of thing, right here in the description. So check him out. He's pretty awesome. It was a pleasure to work with him. I'm going to let the music that he put together roll out in its entirety without my dumbass speaking over it, and then we'll get into the legal dreck. Thanks, guys. As always, thank you guys for listening. You are the reason that we continue to to do this. But it is now time for the legal stuff. The music you heard was composed by and copyrighted by Michael Vadamikis and for use with the Without a Net podcast. Atop's company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logos, artwork, marks, photograph, sounds, audio, video, and or any other proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Without a Net podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or other proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Without a Net podcast in any official capacity whatsoever.